Father, we thank you for this privilege of gathering in your house. Father, we know it's because of your grace that you've allowed us to be here. Because of the amount of love that you have for us. Father, I pray that you will use me as the instrument this morning to let the word go that you want from at the end of the day, it's let your will be done, not ours. Father, we thank you for the wisdom that you've given us to accept your word and the way you want it revealed to each and every individual. Father, we thank you for the tremendous sacrifice you made through your son, Jesus Christ. Father, that is from the bottom of our hearts, probably the best thing you've ever done for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week, uh, you heard again of Kingdom One. It's a series that we are busy with. This is the third installment in the series. Uh, but I want to repeat what was Chelsea. You need to listen very carefully at the message. Because if you're not going to listen right and listen correctly, you might interpret the word wrong. As this is very sensitive topics. So please listen very carefully. Father, open the ears of the people here today so that they can hear the correct message. As you wish it to be So our topic for today is Kingdom Key number five. Obey your leaders. Yes, you heard correctly. Obey your leaders. Right? What does it mean? The word obey. What does it mean? Okay. It means that you should submit. Now, I know a lot of people don't like this little word obey because it, it ultimately, like I said, it means that you're going to have to submit to somebody else. You have to submit to somebody else's authority. Right? And it's probably one of the most difficult points of the whole kingdom on a series is submission. Because at the end of the day, let's do a little quick survey by show of hands. Who does not like to be told what and what they have on? Right? A lot of us, myself included, I don't like what my wife can testify to that. Yeah. She doesn't, I don't like what told what I can and can right? I'll do as I want. Uh, but if you don't like obedience, that will get us into trouble. If, I mean, if you just look a little bit further back in your life from a child, you obey your parents. And if you didn't obey your parents, you'll bust off a brown man. So you were taught obedience from a small child. I mean, we, we submit and obey on a daily basis in our lives. We feel super, super little task as getting up in the morning and going to work. There's a speed sign next to the road that tells you you have to drive $60 now. So, you obey that. There's a yield sign that tells you that you need to deal with other traffic. 
you obey that. So why is it such a big problem right, when we come to the point of saying that we have to obey our leaders? It's because we don't like to be told face to face what to do and what not to do. Now, let's ask a question. Why is it then so difficult? To obey our church leaders if we obey so many things in, on, in the flesh, the fleshly world. Right? Why is it then so difficult to obey our church leaders when the word tells us to should? Because I'm sure a lot of you were sitting here thinking, it's like, okay, if you say obey your church leaders, tell me what the scriptures. Well, fair enough, I will give it to you. Hebrews 13, 17 says the following. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you, for they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give an account of their stewardship over you. Let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans, for this would be of no benefit. So scripture tells us we need to obey. We need to obey our spiritual needs. But yet we still want to fight. You know, it's, uh, it's, it reminds me of something that, that, that uh, I said in the, in the prayer room this morning. Who said the, the thing of, of the, the, one of the great miracles where Jesus raised the little girl? Right? And then Jesus said, you know what? He, he was so he had so much humility. That he didn't say, I raised her from the dead. He said, like, Don't worry, she's sleeping. Yeah? And then, you know, but that, and that reminded me that we want to we wanna turn scripture to suit us. Right? We don't want to turn ourselves into suiting scripture. Right? You know, the part I read now from Hebrews 13, that was from the Amplified. Now I've heard this thing a lot, that people say, yeah, but the Amplified, that's, that's like the new stuff. Right? right? But the old Bibles, they, they, they say it completely different. So let's look at what the King James says. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with uh, joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Note what the scripture says. Note the last part. For that would be unprofitable. Right? Which means you will not gain anything. Right? The scripture didn't say that. You can do it if you want. It's an instruction. It's working. You have to do it. It's not going to be profitable if you don't. It's simple. The scripture doesn't have gray areas. Yeah? It's all this, all that. It's not a, you can't choose a middle path just to make yourself happy. 
the writer of the book of Kingdom Honor, the Shades of Between, Gary Montoya, he told a story that he also refused to submit to his leaders and accept their correction. Basically, what, they, what, what happens in the story is he says that he, early on in his life, God put on his heart that he will do a four year internship. But now, like in the third year, he started, he started dating a girl that's in the church, good Christian girl, and things started progressing. But then these leaders called him in and said to him, you know what, this, this relationship, right, you need to put it on hold just for a little bit. And he thought to himself, you know what, yeah, that's this audacity they have. Tell me to put my personal life on hold. And at the end of the day, what happened was he never finished his fault. Because the relationship fell apart and everything fell to the ground. Because he wouldn't serve. And he often, he says, he often wondered what would have happened if he listened. What would have happened? Now, if you look at what he actually did in that scenario, when his leaders spoke to him, right, he rebelled. Right? I'm not going to go very deep into rebellion, because rebellion is, is going to be further down the road in the series. Right? But rebellion is an extremely dangerous thing. There we go. Uh, it's, it's probably one of the things that will make you lose your way about. Now, in 1 Peter 5 verse 5, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Notice that Scripture says, listen to this scripture says, submit yourselves to your others. This doesn't say God's going to do it for you. Right? It's an instruction that He's giving. He's saying, you have to submit yourself. Right? God's not going to do it. Your pastor's not going to do it. Your brother can't do it. Your father can't do it. You have to do it for yourself. Right? And, excuse <coughs> me. If you read a little bit further in verse 5, it says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. It's the last part of verse 5. See, you cannot let your pride interfere with what God needs you to do. Pride has no place in the kingdom. So if you have pride in your life, uh, you've got a little bit of work to do. And you need to pray and ask God to relieve you of that pride. But if there's one thing that I would like you to remember of everything that 
that can be seen today. Uh, and you need to take this to heart, is that you need to embrace, right? embrace, you need to love, be disciplined and be grateful. Once you can get yourself to that point where you love being corrected and being disciplined when you go astray, then you will see how quickly things will start falling into place right? for the calling that God has on your life. Right? Once you start submitting to, to the instructions that God is giving to us in His Word, right? you will see the positive growth that you will experience. Now, in our lives, we have given, right? we right? have given the freedom to correct us. Right? How, many, how many of you here right, has experienced some discipline from Pastor Charles? Right? I don't think there's one guy that hasn't experienced it. Pastor <laughs> right? uh, Charles can be spent. But how many of us accepted? This is the most of the book. Right? 
scattered. What is that? <laughs> yeah, love. Right? I mean, really, really, from a, from a, from a human standpoint of view, eh, that who is right and mine who sacrifice his only son? I'm sure there's, there's, there's not one person sitting there okay, that will sacrifice his own son. And not only his son, his only son. Okay? I mean, that, that, that has to say, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't say it, it screams love. Okay? So God made the point very clearly that he loves us through the sacrifices. But it is essential that we seek and accept correction. It's absolutely essential. Because sometimes you will be doing things that you are not aware of. Because yeah? we, we as people start doing things out of habit. And habits, as the, the, the thing to, like, you will start doing and doing realize the Apostle Z actually had a discussion one day about somebody that, that she knows that takes the Lord's name in vain. And when she spoke to the person, the person says, like, you know what? I didn't even realize it. Right? Even such a big thing as taking the Lord's name in vain, that people will start doing it out of habit and not even realize it. That to me is so, so scary. But fortunately for that lady, uh, she accepted the correction. Right? And she started focusing on what to do. But where would she have been if she did not accept that correction? Right? Where would she have been if judgment day Right, that she did not accept the correction. She would be in a load of trouble. Yeah. So we have to accept. There's one thing of like saying, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll think about it. And it's a totally different thing of saying, I hear what you're saying, and I accept it. And I will make work of it. Now, if we you know, correction is not only means discipline, it means guidance. Further, in 1 Peter 
I'm going to get you on verse 5, right? In 1 Peter 5, verse 5 to 6. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now listen to verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Let's go to verse 7 as well. Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Right? Well, that is from the uh, New Living Translation.
slow or rebellion is the right speed. You're going to pick up speed faster. Right? But then, once you hit that speed, the problem is to get the brakes and stop. Because rebellion will escalate and escalate and escalate until it is self destructs So, what we're saying is, listen to verse 6. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Humility is probably one, there's a lot of character traits that, that God mentions in Scripture. And if you actually go, on your computer and you do a search on your online Bible or how you do a search and you just type the word humility and you see how many verses pop up, how many times it's mentioned in Scripture. Depending on translations, anything from about, I think it's 98, right through to about 200 times. Okay. So, Humility is spoken about quite a lot in Scripture. And if it's spoken about so, so much, I do think it's important. Yeah? And uh, also, sorry, this is going to give you my notes again now. Uh, it makes me think of something that uh, I discussed with the youth as well. Remember our discussion about fear? Also, depending on translation, how many times does it say in the word? Fear. Depending on translation, anything from 352 all the way through to 396. Right. But the popular one, King James, 365 times. Right. You want to look at it that way, one for each day of the year. God says, do not fear. But that's, that's something else, another topic for another sermon one day about fear. You know, it might sound a little bit extreme, like I said before, you know, going down that slope of saying things that, you know, he doesn't care and doesn't see what I'm doing, you know? And like I said, if you, if you, if you go, if I go back, you just go back a little bit. You know, at the start he said, doesn't he see the hours I work? But look where he ended up. You know what, he doesn't even care, right? And when they would, and we, are, we as people, we like to go there quickly. Proverbs 12, 1, the New Living Translation says, He who loves instruction, loves knowledge. That is the important part. But he who hates correction, is stupid. I actually, when I watched the video of the Kingdom Honor, uh, I actually didn't test this. And I actually had a look. You see, most translations who use that word stupid. Right? I can also only find one that's saying something else. Right? Only one. 
rest of the world, the Newman translation, the international version, American edition, British standard version, New King James, King James, they all stay stupid. Right? Hear it again. But he who hates correction is stupid. Do you think of yourself as being stupid? None of us are born to do stupid things. But if we don't accept what God is trying to teach us through His Word, so He says, Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. So if we don't accept and learn what, what God's Word is trying to teach us, it tells us straight that we are stupid for not believing. But now if you think about it a little bit, why does he say that it's stupid? For somebody that refuses to accept correction will go off the great path very quickly. They, they will be the extreme. Yeah. Listen, I mean, God can be, can't be any clearer in, in that scripture, right? On how foolish those who, those are who hates correction. So we need to make a, 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 a change in our mindsets. Like I said earlier on, you need to love correction and accept. We need to make that mindset. Yeah. I was wondering when I was preparing this, and, and uh, I was thinking, just but I'm spending a lot of time on this, right? And but I feel that God showed me that this is very important because it's in, in the world we live in today. Right? Maybe not 100 years ago, but the world we live in today, right? It's an extreme problem because we don't want it. How many times have who has heard that we live in an age of rebellion? Right? Just watch any documentary. Right? Watch the news. Watch BBC News. Right? I watched a, a news reel on things that happening overseas and stuff. And the news presenter made that very same comment four times. But this is what's going on in the world because it's nuts. It's really. People don't want to be moved. And that's scary. That's so scary that we would accept living in the world of a baby. Who has prayed lately for the world to come into line with God's word? Right? How many of us do that? But we want to pray for all these little nice things that we want. How about being a little bit less selfish and praying for anybody, everybody else? Remember, God's word teaches us that by blessing others, we will receive this. Amen. Now, let's look at another verse. 
Proverbs 10, 17. Once again, I use the New Living Translation. He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray. But now you have to ask yourself the question, which path are you going to take? It's not a very difficult question. Yeah. I mean, the question is simple. At the end of the day, is, are you going to take the path to fulfill the calling that God has on your life? Or are you going to take the path of dishonor? Or are you going to take the path of honor? Or are you going to take the path that leads to life? Or are you going to take the path that leads to death? That's the two choices you have. Yeah? It's not a multiple question of, uh, I can choose either A, B, C, D, or E. Right? That's either life or death. Yeah? Remember I said earlier on that the scripture says it's either this way or this way. Yeah? Uh, it makes me think of a, of a saying that, that some people like to say, it's my way or I Well, I think God's telling us through His Scripture is His way for the high way. Yeah. I, I don't like high way for me. Dirt is like it. Get your car like a dirty, have some fun with the drug. Yeah. So, like dirt is. Stay away from the high way. High way makes you speed. Makes you speed to destruction. Proverbs 13, 18. Poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction, but he who regards rebuke will be honored. Think of you what I'm saying, you know, if, if you are happy to be corrected, he'll honor you. God will honor you for it. Now, how does God honor you? Simple, but basic. Right? Now, isn't it amazing that if you look at it, that God will honor you? Right? Because what happens at the end of the day? Right? Because if you accept correction, right, you will honor God. Six. 
Like this, right? You have to have a positive attitude. 
I mean, remember what we read in Ephesians 6, 7, right? Uh, work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Okay? That's what he says, right? As though you were working for the Lord. Right. My wife goes in 
så
Because at the end of the day, you need to make your spiritual leaders vision your destiny. And your vision. Right? What happens if two people have the same vision? That vision will grow. Right? Another example, I mean, everybody should know this story. Numbers 13 was 13. Okay? Remember the reading story? Caleb and a bunch of other guys. Caleb came back, being positive, and he says, verse 13, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. You need to be positive about Caleb, right? Because he knew what the vision was. That they need to conquer the land. He knew that was the vision. But what did the other guys do? Right? Let's not spread in little stories. Be negative. Right? Now, if you read a little bit further down in, in numbers, what happened to those people? Those negative people. Mm-hmm. Numbers 13, 31, 33. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes and lives there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants. They, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Now, if you read this story a little further, those people never went into that process. They never went Why? Because they doubted. Numbers 1424 says, but this is what it says about Caleb. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of the land. Don't you want God to say that about you? God says, but look, you know what? Look at Christ, he's got such a positive attitude. Right? Don't you want God to say things like that about you? Okay. You want God to point you out and say, look, child, look at that child of mine's attitude. I would love if God said that about you. I would love it.
Ephesians 6 says, Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Paul says the same thing in Colossians 3.22, as well as in Titus 2.9. He's starting to repeat. And what do we say here? When, when, when Scripture starts repeating, you should sit up and take notes. Yeah? Once you start reading the same thing, like, hey, I just read this in a different book of the Bible. Yeah? You should, you should start taking notes. Because it means it's, 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 it's important, isn't it? Now, you have to cultivate an expert spirit. Right? Because people with an expert spirit does what? They refuse to do anything of fault. They will either excel at it or they will not do it. So we need to cultivate in ourselves, in our spirit, a, a spirit of excellence, right? Because, if you read something, Martin Luther King Jr. said, right? If a man sweeps the streets, he should sweep like Michelangelo paints. He should sweep the street the way Beethoven writes music. He should sweep the streets the way Shakespeare wrote poetry. And he goes on to say that he should sweep streets so well that all of heaven and all of earth pause for a moment and say, Here live a great sweeper. Right? See, living with the spirit of excellence means if you excel and do everything properly that has been asked of you, right, you will stand out. Right? Or do you want to just disappear into the masses? I don't want to disappear into the masses, I want to stand out. Right? I want to stand out for God. So that He will use me more and more. Luke 6, 12. And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Right? So if your spiritual leader cannot trust you, it's very careful. If he cannot trust you with his vision, why should you be trusted? Right? So here again, Luke 16, 12. And if you are not faithful with other people's things. Not, it's not saying your vision, it's saying other people's things. Why should you be trusted with things of your own? You cannot be trusted with other people's things, but yet then you want to ask the question why am I not being blessed? Right? Simple as that. So at the end of the day, what you're saying is. Only your spiritual needs because it's what God has instructed. Simple as that. We need to follow God's instructions. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this amazing word that you've given me and that you've used me as your instrument for the word that you want. Father, I pray that you would let the people think about this and that they will. Cultivate it and make it.
with your kingdom. And everybody can do what you have instructed. Not only in this topic, Father, but in every single instruction that you've given us in your word. Father, because we know that you have promised that if we bless, we will be blessed. So today, Father, I want to bless you. Bless you for everything that you've done for us. Bless you for the sublimeness building for us. Bless you for the opportunity you give to us daily so that we can make your name great and glorify you, Father. Father, I ask that you keep everybody safe as we leave here today. And that we would return again and again and again to your, to your house. Father, so that we can listen to the word that you have prepared for us. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.